Has anyone ever known a good person named Kevin? Kevin Garnett helped me move once. Santa Cruz, you gotta be a cool guy if you're from Santa Cruz, right? Like, no one ever goes, oh, this douchebag from Santa Cruz cut me off. Kevin, I mean, he really drives the ship in an amazing way on the show. And, you know, he is one of the guys that just brings not only, like, just funny, funny jokes, but a huge intelligence, and he just gets stuff done. Funny is good, and Kevin's funny, but bright, right. even even better, and the guy's just super high IQ. Exactly. Someone comes onto the school and... And you've got Kevin. Now, I'm sure Kevin's shit hot at Call of Duty, but it might not fucking cut it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, go listen to The Life of Riley. His last episode is gold. Oh, good. Hmm. Hey everybody, what's up? It's me, it's Kevin. Welcome to episode 10 of the Life of Riley podcast. Finally hit double digits. I know it might be confusing to some of you when you go to the website and it says this is this uh, this is going to it's going to say this is our 16th episode or whatever. Uh, if you scroll down uh, and go back into the beginning of the catalog, uh Podbean it lists anything you post as an episode, and there was also a few sort of test episodes that I did trying to get used to the audio software and whatnot um, that we don't consider to be uh, actual episodes. The first actual episode is the one that is titled Episode 1, uh, the first time Alice Dobby was on. So... Even though the website will tell you that this is episode 16, it's officially episode 10, so we finally hit double digits. Um, It's only been a couple of days since I posted episode 9, but in in the sake of trying to post more regularly and get onto a better schedule, I've been driving around all day, had a short day at work today, and... So often when I'm driving around or I'm at work, I have ideas and I go, ooh, I want to talk about that on the podcast. Ooh, or I'm listening to another podcast and it reminds me of something that I want to listen to or I want to talk about on on my podcast. And then work gets in the way and life gets in the way. And when I finally have time to sit down behind the microphone, I'm like, oh, I got nothing. But today I do have some stuff, so I figure running up the flagpole and see if anybody salutes, as they say. I think I just dated myself with that comment. Uh, first thing I want to say real quickly, because by the time most of you listen to this, it'll be sort of a moot point, but I'm recording this on Monday, November 7th, and tomorrow is election day here in the States. And as much as I would love to go on a rant right now about how dangerous it would be, uh, how dangerous a Trump presidency would be for this country and how fucking petrified I am uh, that 
any of you people are actually considering voting for that fucktard, uh, I still want to remind everybody over the eight, age of 18 who has bothered to register to vote, get the fuck out and do it tomorrow. It's incredibly important, and it's not just about the president or, you know, those large nationwide offices, but your, you know, your local propositions and your local uh, government officials are equally as important because it all starts from the bottom up. All right. So, uh, and I remember I turned 18 in 1988 uh, in August. So I was legally old enough and I was registered to vote in, I believe that was a two year. Hang on a second. Okay. I had to check. That was a presidential election year, and I didn't vote. Although I was registered, just barely in time. And at the time, I was just starting to work construction and worked for this fellow who was my mentor, and uh, not for him, actually, but with him. And I'll never forget the conversation we had the day after the election because I was pissed off that Daddy Bush had won. And he's like, well, who did you vote for? And I said, well, I didn't fucking vote. Fuck that. You know, my vote doesn't count, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, you're not allowed to complain then. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, if you're not going to, you know, if you can't be bothered to get out and let your voice be heard, then you don't have any right to complain about the results. And I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I've voted in every election since then. And I have a decent record of the people that I voted for winning. Not not great. W did get in there and all that kind of shit. But anyway, point being, get the fuck out there and vote, people. Um, if you don't, you're not allowed to complain about the outcome, whether it's local, state, federal, whatever. So that's that for now. I'm not going to I'm not going to harp on it for too long. Every, you know, if any of you are on social media, you're probably sick and tired of hearing election stuff and I'm sure I'll talk at length about it regardless of the results after tomorrow. Um but the 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 thing that happened this morning, um I had a little bit of time before I had to be at work, so I Decided to get my coughing, go down by the uh, by the water. We got waves are absolutely pumping right now, so I wanted to go down and watch the surfers at Steamer Lane and all that kind of stuff while I enjoyed my morning coffee. And I'm on my way down there, and for anybody who's local, I'm at the T intersection of California Street and Bay Street. But anybody who doesn't know what that means i'm at a t intersection you know the road that i'm on essentially dead ends into another road so i have the opportunity to turn left or to turn right and it's my turn to turn but the cross traffic coming from my right doesn't have a stop sign 
the cross traffic coming from my left has a stop sign, but it's an offset intersection, so there are ways away. So it's as though they don't have a stop sign. And to the left of me at the intersection is a pedestrian crosswalk that crosses the street that I'm getting ready to turn onto. And coming up the sidewalk and towards the crosswalk is uh, a jogger, uh, you know, a woman running. And this is right up the street from my mother's house where I have spent quite a lot of time sitting on the front porch, um, people watching and, you know, what have you. And I've seen this woman many, many, many times. She runs and runs and runs and runs and runs. And um, so she comes and she she starts into the crosswalk, just sort of steps off the curb. And, you know, she spends enough time as a pedestrian to know that drivers don't always pay that much attention. So... She gets into the crosswalk just at the edge of the road and sort of stops and jogs in place while she's checking to see if traffic is going to stop for her. Because like most places, I think, in this country, um, the vehicle code requires motorists to yield to pedestrians in a crosswalk. And crosswalks are placed at most intersections but not all intersections. And they're rarely placed in the middle of a block, although occasionally they are. So she comes in, sort of stops, jogs in place, checks to her left, checks to her right. And there's a car coming from my left, keeping me from being able to make my move, right? Who, and I go, oh, well, he's going to stop for her because he has to, so that'll give me the opening I need, but he didn't. Now, he wasn't flying up the road. I say he, a uh, generic term. I didn't recognize what, the gender of the driver, but um, didn't stop, just kept going, you know, at the speed limit, not racing through or anything like that. Um, but as it so happens, from my right is coming a police officer, I had seen the police officer coming. The police officer was getting ready to turn left in front of me onto the road that I was on. The car goes through the pedestrian crossing, passes in front of me, and continues on up the road. And I'm like, hmm, very interesting. Let me see what happens. Is this cop going to... You know, because it was very obvious what had just occurred. Although, like, you know, I want to reiterate, it wasn't somebody just blasting through the intersection. Um, they just didn't bother to stop for the jogger. And I'm like, well, this cop might be on their way somewhere. They might be finishing their shift. They might, you know, who knows? Is, are they going to do anything? And he just turned left and started to go... Uh, past me and I was like huh kind of disappointed I was really kind of hoping that he was gonna and then just as he got next to me his light bar went on his red and blues on the top of his truck and there was one car behind me he flipped a u-turn behind them came up behind me 
made a right and took off up the road to chase the person down who had not yielded for the pedestrian. This for me was a glorious, glorious moment because while I don't agree with every single ticketable offense and all of that kind of stuff, there are some very simple, very easy to follow uh, items in our vehicle code that are very easy to follow. Take a half a second out of your day or something like that, that potentially are going to save somebody's life. And that's why they're in the vehicle code, right? And pedestrian safety laws are exactly one of those things. You know, we have crosswalks at specific places. They're very visible. It's to give pedestrians a safe place to cross the street. It's, you know, it's very simple. Now, before I continue on with why this was, you know, or this may be part of an explanation of why this was such a glorious experience for me, to the point where I almost wanted to follow them and watch the interaction if I possibly could. Um, but part of the reason that I loved seeing this so much is the number of times that I see pedestrians and even more so bicyclists who don't follow the safety laws that they're supposed to, who get pissed at me as a driver of a motor vehicle for following the sa the the vehicle code you know the the bicyclists especially who they know goddamn good and well they're supposed to they have to follow all of the same rules of the road as somebody in a motor vehicle you stop at stop signs you signal your turns you know all of this kind of thing you you'd ride with traffic uh, you know, they ride against traffic on the wrong side of the road. They switch over lanes and they drive through. This is my favorite one that they do all the time is they ride their bicycle through a crosswalk uh, trying to, you know, it's like, well, I don't have a motor, so I'm a pedestrian. No, you're fucking not a pedestrian. You're on a bicycle. You're supposed to follow the rules of the road. You fuck. And... They do it all the time, and it drives me crazy, and I never, ever, 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 ever see them get popped for it. And, you know, there was a guy, I don't know, six months ago or so, I remember I was making a left turn, big, wide intersection, and this guy had the same green light as me, but he was on the left, my left side of the intersection on a bicycle riding through the pedestrian crossing going the same way as I was, but I had the right of way because I had a green arrow and I go to make my turn and I go in front of him because fuck him. He's breaking the law. And I get the whoa, 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 hey, hey. And I'm like, you're breaking the law, fuck. And I just kept driving, <laughs> you know. Um, it was his responsibility to be safe in that situation, not mine. You know, and he's ignoring his, and obviously I knew I wasn't going to hit him or I would have stopped. But uh, the same day, 
the same exact day, and I think I posted about this on Facebook, um, the same exact day, I'm down again in in the same neighborhood as where uh, as where this thing happened earlier today. I was a little bit further down from from this intersection, but I'm driving residential road. I'm driving 25 miles an hour, and there's this elderly couple starting to cross the road. They're walking their dogs, and they're crossing the road in the middle of the block. And they're walking very, very slowly as elderly people are wont to do. Um, and but there's no crosswalk; they're just randomly crossing in the middle of the road. And I can tell that they expect that I'm going to stop for them. Well, they were wrong. Again, I was in absolutely no danger of hitting these people if they were about to step directly in front of my vehicle. I would have stopped, obviously, but they weren't, and I wasn't, so I didn't. And I was going very slow, 25 miles an hour, speed limit, and I had my window down. And just as I pass them, the guy calls me an asshole. And so I stop, and I turn to onto the next side street, which is where I wasn't planning on being, but I wanted him to be able to hear my response. So I turn left, just get onto the side street. So I'm not blocking any traffic. And I yell back at him. You're not in a crosswalk jackass. And then I kept driving. Well, just a few days ago, maybe a week ago, I was, reasonably close to that neighborhood, maybe the next neighborhood or two over and in a different vehicle than I was driving at the time that the man called me an asshole. And I get to a stop sign. There's an elderly couple crossing the street at the intersection. Now there's no crosswalk at this intersection, but it's an intersection is in a residential neighborhood. I'm already stopped. I have no problem waiting a few seconds for these people to walk in front of my car while I'm already at a dead stop and they're crossing at an intersection. And as they're about to step in front of my car, the old man looks, makes eye contact with me again, my windows open and says, thank you. And I nod and they walk in front of me, and I'm on my way. And it wasn't until about a half a block later that it occurred to me, I think it was the same couple. <laughs> and I seriously doubt that the guy recognized me. Uh, I mean, I suppose it's possible, but I couldn't help but wonder... Did that little moment where I took the time to stop and yell back that he was crossing in the middle of the block and not at an intersection stuck with him? And maybe since then they've been crossing the street more safely. I kind of hope so. I, I, I doubt it. They probably just still think the guy in the white Cherokee was an asshole and the guy in the white pickup is just a different guy. Um, and maybe he thanks everybody who stops. I don't know. But... Um, 
when I saw that cop today whip around and I know it's, I know it, you know, Adam Carolla would call this a chicken shit ticket and all of that kind of thing. I suspect that the, that the driver didn't even get a ticket. They just got pulled over and got, Hey, you know, what the fuck? You're not, you got to stop when there's somebody in the intersection. You could have killed that woman, you know, just to put the fear in them. That's what cops do, you know, keep people, you know, it, it's like, it's like a, it's like a smack on the back of the hand, you know, where it stings for a little while and you don't do the thing that, that made that sting happen until the sting fades off and then you just start doing it again. Um, but it just made me very happy to see that that cop was like, yep, this is important enough for me to go nab that person. Um, so this brings me to the topic of funny or interesting or poignant or whatever cop stories, uh, specifically interactions that I've had police, whether it be <clears throat> uh, being pulled over or, or stories from cops that I've known personally or, uh, or other, you know, ride along type of stories and things like that. So, uh, <laughs> um, so that's where I'm going to, that's what I'm going to go to now. I'm just trying to decide where to start. So some people who listen to this podcast, probably not very many, but some of you are aware that I worked very briefly uh, several years ago as a dispatcher for the Delaware State Police. I was just getting ready to finish my training when I had the opportunity to move back to California. So um, I had to leave that position, which was a real bummer because I really enjoyed the short time that I was there and it felt like an important job and um, and I really, really enjoyed it and was hoping that I might be able to continue it once I came out here, but didn't work out that way. But in doing so, uh, you know, I met a lot of cops and I went on some ride alongs as part of my training and things like that. And there was a, a particular couple of ride alongs that I went on out there that, uh, were a lot of, <laughs> a lot of fun and, in in a couple of ways, uh, one of my favorite times was, um, and I'm not going to name any names of any troopers or anything, but, uh, at one point we were on the freeway and it was a wide freeway. It was, it was highway 95 going through Newcastle County in, in Delaware. And, uh, you know, it's what three or four lanes in each direction at certain points there and he got into the number two lane traffic was moving you know 65 ish or something like that um maybe a little faster and he got into the number two lane uh which is the one next to the fast lane it's not the far left it's the next one over and um and he slowed down to Mm, let's say 60, just a little bit below what traffic was traveling at, but, but still faster than 55, which would have been the posted speed limit. And for those uh, international listeners, I'm talking miles per hour, obviously. And, uh, you know, what would that be like? 100, 120 K 
KPH or something. I'm not really sure. Uh, so I couldn't, I, you know, I was kind of like, what's he doing? And he's like, every once in a while, it's fun to play who will pass the cop. <laughs> and, and it just, it, it just made my fucking day. I thought it was the funniest thing. And, and he's sitting there, he's going, look, look, nobody will pass me. Totally legal to totally legal to, but nobody will go by. And he only did it for a minute and then he sped back up and everything. It was not like he, it's not like he slowed down to 40 and caused some big gridlock or anything. It was just kind of like, watch this, watch this. <laughs> kind of like, kind of like Stuart on mad TV. Look what I could do. Um, I thought it was fucking hilarious. Um, and, Another ride-along experience I had, I think it might have been with the same trooper. I can't remember. It may have even been the same day because um, it was definitely a daytime ride-along, and I think I only did one daytime ride-along with the DSP. And there was a call in his sector uh, for a dead body, a DB. And there was already... Uh, one or two units on their way. There didn't seem to be any suspicious circumstances or anything. From what I remember, it was an elderly person uh, who, uh, at the time, it was assumed that it was natural causes, and I'm sure it turned out to be that way because I never heard anything more about it. But considering that I was training for the job and you know all of that kind of thing, he's like, "Well, let's you know we'll whip up, whip up over there and see what's going on." So. You know, lights and siren, he flips around and and we're trying to get up there as quickly as possible because, you know, even even though they didn't they didn't suspect anything was awry or any suspicious or anything like that, you know, you still gotta check it out as quickly as possible. So we're on our way there and over the radio we're hearing, you know, the first unit announces his arrival and the second unit announces their arrival and whatnot, but we're still on our way there. It's it's within his sector. And so as we get off, we get off the freeway and we're on to like a state road, not, not a side road or into a neighborhood or anything, but a two lane road. And, uh, we end up behind this, you know, a little beat up older model. I think it was like a Toyota Camry or Corolla or something like that. And, you know, again, full lights and siren, really, really freaking loud, even inside the car. I was surprised at how loud the sirens are inside the car. It's kind of like, geez, can't they fucking insulate it somehow for these guys? But, uh, and they even have this thing where when the, when the sirens are on, if they hit the horn, it alters the, the tone of the siren. They can use it sort of like a fire engine uses their air horn for intersections and things just to sort of wake people up. And so he's doing that and we're literally right on this guy's back bumper and he's not moving. You know, for those who don't know, when there's an emergency vehicle behind you with lights and siren going, you get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> and this guy just wouldn't. And we were behind him for, you know, a couple of minutes, you know, a mile probably, uh, on this road and he finally just you know he's like all right screw it we're not going to the db we're pulling this guy over because there's something amiss here 
And I have no idea if the guy just had his radio up or just is somebody that doesn't understand how rearview mirrors work or <laughs> what the fucking issue was. But um, so, you know, he gets on the radio and he tells dispatch, you know, we're no longer responding to the DB. We've got a uh, we've got a traffic stop we're going to do. And finally, the guy, I don't think, I don't think he got on the PA and, and said anything or anything. I think the guy finally just noticed that we were there and pulled over. And to make the story somewhat shorter, it, it turns out that this guy was an undocumented alien who had borrowed his uncle's car so he didn't know where the proof of registration or insurance was. He didn't have a Delaware driver's license. He, you know, and ended up, he got written up for, I think, three different traffic citations. And, uh, well, and I say he was undocumented. I don't know that that's true. Maybe he didn't have his visa on him or, or whatever. Uh, he didn't get arrested, but he, he did get written up for like three different infractions and the car got taken. Um, and so he ends up on foot and has to somehow find his uncle and say, Hey, sorry. Uh, I got your car impounded because I'm an idiot <laughs> because had the guy just moved over, we would have just blasted right on by and gone to the DB call. But instead, you know, his whole world got fucked up. And so let that be a lesson to you folks. Pay attention in your rearview mirror. <laughs> um, uh, and the funny thing was when we got back to the barracks a few hours later, the uncle was there trying to figure out where the hell his car was. And they don't tow him back to the troop. They take him to the impound yard, you know, and uh, kind of felt for the uncle because he got fucked over and had to pay the impound fee and whatnot. So, um, you know, and I've done, I've done a couple other ride alongs too. I did a ride along here in Santa Cruz, uh, when I did the citizens police Academy. Um, that was kind of an interesting night. Maybe, maybe someday I'll tell those stories. Uh, and I did one with a buddy of mine back in Delaware before I was involved in any way with the state police. And I also did one with the county police in Delaware. Um, all of which were very eye-opening. And if you ever have any interest, especially if you're somebody who uh, is highly critical of your local police, I strongly suggest you contact uh, the police department and find out how to go about going on a ride-along with one of their officers. I suggest doing it on a Friday night or a Saturday night during the overnight shift. And... Um, you know, even if you're only with them for two or three hours, you're going to have your eyes opened in a big way. Uh, now, please don't take this as blind support for uh, excessive use of force or other over-the-top police behavior. That's not at all uh, what I'm trying to suggest. All I'm saying is that uh, it's a very eye-opening experience to spend a few hours with a cop on a busy night. Uh, and that's all I'll say on that for now. Okay, next on the docket, there was a 
conversation that I had with Hamish Reddington. I think it was probably via Facebook Messenger. That's how we usually tend to communicate. But we, uh, I came up with this idea. I have no idea if anybody's going to be interested in it, but I think it would be a lot of fun. It's kind of a way to engage our two separate audiences, um, possibly get people... Uh, to listen to each other's podcasts or whatever. But more than that, I just think it would be fun and funny experiment to try. Uh, because although there are very, very massive similarities to um, life in uh, New Zealand and America, there are even more differences. And... So I had this idea of ask a Kiwi or ask an American where my listeners, if they have, if, if they're saying, do you have a burning question that you've always wanted to ask somebody from New Zealand? You must. If you haven't, you should. Because they're an interesting group of people. <laughs> and I know goddamn good and well that many Kiwis have lots of questions for us stupid Americans, as they like to call us. Why in the fuck? What is that? What is this about? How does that work? So um, on their most recent episode, which was, I think, episode 69. I'm going to check real quick. I might be off by one. Um... I gotta go to my feed. Ba, 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 ba. Hang on one second. Na, 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 Okay, no, it was episode 68. Parentheses, Paddyless. Mr. Patty wasn't there for that one. Uh, some really funny shit on that episode, by the way. Luke was in rare form. Uh, but Hamish mentioned the uh, Ask an American thing, and he had a question for me which was, what the fuck is a 401k? Uh, which Luke actually had an answer to, um, which was, he said, it's the same as KiwiSaver. And um, so I looked up KiwiSaver, and yeah, they're similar. Um, but to answer Hamish's question uh, first, a 401k is... Uh, a retirement plan that you can sign up for through your employer. And the way it works is a set amount of money or a set percentage of your gross wages, which is your pay before it's taxed, gets deposited into a retirement savings account of some kind. Sometimes it's a money market fund. Sometimes it's, you know, and it's all really fucking confusing. Uh, it's called a 401k because that's simply the section of the tax code that allows this type of saving for retirement. Um, I've had two of them. Uh, the, the biggest benefit of a 401k is most of the time your employer will match a percentage of the amount of money that you put in the drawback to it. And it's not really a drawback, but it's something that a lot of people seem to have an issue with is that it's a long-term thing. So 
it's you know it's for retirement so if you're in your 20s or your 30s or even your 40s or whatever um you know you're putting this money into this account that you're not allowed to access until after you retire from your job um and that's not completely true you can actually cash out some of it but or even the whole thing but you pay a massive penalty like 50 percent or something like that I actually had a job, the first 401k I had, where after I left, they actually, my former employer actually cashed out my 401k, which when I've told people that, they said that that's illegal and that they're not allowed to do that. But all I can tell you is they did because while I was getting settled into my new job, I was trying to figure out their 401k structure so that I could, you know, you can't cash it out without paying a penalty. But if you have a 401k with your new job, you can put your old 401k into the new one and it keeps gaining interest and whatever, and you don't pay the penalty for cashing it out. So I just got a check in the mail one day that was for less than half of what my 401k had been. So I guess my former employer was punishing me for leaving. Whereas if they had just paid me a decent wage, I would have stayed. So what the fuck ever. But that's the long and short of it is it's this long-term savings plan. You can choose how much risk you want and what the investments you make and whatnot. And Luke is right that it's similar to KiwiSaver, but for my American listeners who are aware of a 401k, um, I'd like to point out a couple of the uh, crazy differences between KiwiSaver and a 401k. Um, one of the things is, at least on the Wikipedia, it Ki- KiwiSaver is repeatedly referred to as a scheme, which I'm sure is fine in New Zealand, but the word scheme generally to us in America has has evolved into something shady (laughs) so um so it's interesting we call it a plan and they call it a scheme but some of the things that i think is really interesting is where's this part that Hang on, I'm going to pause while I look at this. Oh, yeah, here's the first couple of things that I thought were notable. Um, The self-employed and unemployed can choose how much they want to contribute. What? If you're self-employed or unemployed, you can't have a 401k in America as far as... uh, Definitely if you're not unemployed. You can't, you can't, you know, no, 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 no. Your employer has to offer a 401k for you to be able to save money for retirement in that way. There's another thing that I think is interesting about the Kiwi program. All eligible participants aged 18 to 64 starting a new job, with some exceptions, are automatically enrolled in KiwiSaver. New employees can opt, choose to opt out from day 14 to day 56 of their employment. So that's another thing that's completely fucking different because clearly this KiwiSaver thing 
is government, uh, you know, it's a government thing. So, you know, the idea of you get a job and you're automatically enrolled in a retirement program if you're 18. If you're below 18, you can still do it. You just need your parents' consent. So, hello. Hello. Helping 18-year-olds start saving for retirement when they start their first fucking job. Hello, America. Can we fucking do some of this kind of shit? I wasn't offered a 401k until I was in my 30s, for fuck's sake. Um, there was one other part of this that I wanted to comment on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, some of the ways that you're allowed to access your KiwiSaver contributions. You can do a one-off withdrawal after three years to help you buy a house. It has to be your first house, but fucking hello? If you got a bunch of money saved up and you need a down payment and it's in your 401k and you're only 25 years old or something, hello, America? If there's a serious illness or death in your family, if you have a significant financial hardship, and then this one I think is kind of funny, if you if permanent emigration from New Zealand to a country other than Australia, if you move to Australia, you can't take the money out, but if you leave for anywhere else, you can. <laughs> I just think that's funny. Um, and this brings me to something else that really struck me within the last few weeks is that uh, Mr. Luke James Barnett of the Press X for Jump, Press X to Jump podcast. I'm sorry, guys. I don't know why I always do that. It's Press X to Jump. Um, he just recently took three week holiday from his job. I'm assuming that's a paid holiday. He hasn't specified. Um, for Americans, that's a vacation. Hello. Uh, but I mean, he's a pup, you know, what, what are you Luke? Like 24, 25, somewhere in there. Right. I'm pretty sure the idea of an American who works retail being able to take off three weeks It just boggles my fucking mind. <laughs> and it's not even like he did anything for that. It's it almost, and I don't know, maybe I maybe this is my ask a Kiwi. Were you required, Luke, to take this three weeks off? Because you didn't do fuck all during it. <laughs> you, from what I can tell, you watched a bunch of TV. <laughs> but it just, it, it, it boggles my mind. You know, we're supposed to be the only remaining superpower, yet... You know, I've had a very limited number of vacations that were more than a week. And even those weren't until I was in my 30s. Um, and those were difficult financially. It was more like, you know, shit, let me take a week to spend with my family. But we're going to spend more money on the vacation than I get paid for that vacation. And for the most part during my career in construction, I got one week paid and had to take that for the week at Christmas where the company was closed. So I didn't have the option to work, 
but I didn't get paid. So if I wanted to get paid for the week between Christmas and New Year's, I had to take my vacation, even though I didn't have the option to work. So I wasn't able to take a paid week in the summer when everybody else takes their vacation. I had to take my vacation pay at Christmas because otherwise I would have been broke. Um, forget about trying to buy Christmas gifts for your child or your wife or your friends or any other, anybody else, you know, so crazy to me to think that in one's early twenties, they can take a three week vacation. Uh, it, it just, it boggles my mind. I think it's fantastic. Don't get me wrong. It just, I, I just can't relate to it. It just does not fucking compute. I can't do that now. <laughs> You know, and this also speaks directly to something that Alice and I talked a little bit about on the last episode, uh, being the cost of healthcare, you know, and yeah, they pay a lot more taxes, but what were the numbers that she said? You know, you got to remember Alice lived here in the U.S. for, I want to say seven years, 10 years, something like that. She was here for a while. It's not like she was here for 18 months and that was it, you know? Um, and so she's a good barometer of the differences between the two countries. And, um, and I'm not saying one's better than the other by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just pointing out these differences and, um, And it, it just makes me think, you know, how, and, you know, it's funny too, and listening back to that episode, I got to say, you know how, you know, how every once in a while you have a conversation, especially if, especially if it's an argument, but even, even if it's just a conversation, everyone, oh, I should have said this, I should have said that, um, because of the free-flowing nature of the conversation that Alice and I had in the last episode, there was so many times where it would just go in a different direction or, or whatever. And I'd be like, Oh, I need to circle back. I need to circle back on that and, and, and clarify something and this and that and never, and never got there. And so in listening back to it, it's like, Oh, that's right. I never, I never went back to that. And, and for all I know, she felt the same way. It's, it's, it's not a regret in, in any stretch of the imagination. I had so much fun uh, talking to her and always do. It's just, mm, yeah, okay, we're going to have to, you know, it's like I want now I want to delve deeper into some of this stuff with her. Um, because, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to say what any of a, uh, any of it is right now because she's not here to answer to it, you know, and it, it's not even disagreements or arguments or anything like that. It's just, oh, this is something that I also wanted to, discuss on that topic and we never got around to it so i may have to have notes the next time she comes on so that we can touch back on some of that kind of stuff and um you know hopefully she'll be on shortly after uh the uh asia oceania powerlifting championships which are coming up in december um don't forget to check the notes for the last episode for information on that and stay tuned to my Twitter, uh, our Facebook page, all of that, uh, for information on how you can help 
with that if you're so inclined. Um, I also was thinking today about these couple of ideas that I have. Like I have to, I go to Costco on a regular basis to pick up uh, stuff for my family's bakery. I don't, I don't work there currently, but um, you know, we have big refrigerated units at the front of the bakery where people can buy sodas and bottled water and whatnot. And it's just one of those things that nobody else has time to do that from time to time I'll pop down to Costco and buy these just cases and cases of, of, you know, cans of soda and vitamin water and spring water and all of that kind of thing. And so I've got one of these big, huge flatbed trolleys that you can get at these warehouse stores loaded down with, you know, I don't know, 30 cases of liquid shit's heavy you know and i never realized until i started doing those runs how fucking clueless people are when they go into these warehouse stores what happens to people where does this come from i don't understand getting that trolley started is like getting a dump truck full of river rock or wet concrete moving and stopping it is the same. It's like trying to stop a fucking ocean liner. And I'm not the largest guy on the planet, you know, and even, even a, even a guy twice my size would have a hell of a time stopping this thing once it's rolling. And people will just step right out in front of you. And, you know, the bottom of these flatbed trolleys are right at ankle height. And we're talking about people, older people often, you know, and it's like, fuck, if I even tap you with this thing, it's going to shatter both your ankles. Would you please pay more attention? And I've had this idea of getting a GoPro and like strapping it to the push bar of the, <laughs> of the trolley or even taking my phone and wearing like a shirt or a jacket that's got, a breast pocket that that's just the right height that the camera lens of my phone can stick out of it and just record the ridiculous fucking behavior of people in front of me while I'm trying to, and of course all the heaviest shits all the way at the back of the Costco. So I have to make it all the way back to the front, which is these people going, Oh, there's more samples over here. Oh, look, they have, they have, big giant Christmas decorations. Ethel, come look. You know, it just, it boggles my mind and it frustrates the shit out of me too. Um, and, but I think it would just be really funny to have footage from that perspective, you know, sort of like if you've ever watched The Deadliest Catch or any of these other shows where they've got the camera from the wheelhouse and you just see the, the, the deck of the boat how far out in front it goes that would be sort of the view on a very scaled down level just this expanse of like the tops of bottles and cans going way out and then just these wandering lost zombie like looking people just sort of wandering in front thinking that it's got anti-lock brakes or something you know <laughs> and i also you know i i I have a mount for my phone that's right on my dashboard because, um, you know, I listen to podcasts all day in my in my car, and so uh, 
I, I often just want to turn the camera on and just leave it roll and do a YouTube channel of all of the stupid shit that happens in front of my truck on a daily basis and, 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 and just expose, you know, I, what, you know, like I'm talking about the, the shitty behavior of bicycle riders and other drivers and pedestrians and all of this kind of thing. Like I was talking about earlier, it's like, I would love to have video footage of all of this kind of stuff. So I go, look people, I'm not fucking crazy, you know? Um, so look for all of that kind of stuff. I may, I may start putting it up on YouTube if I ever decide to invest the money in a GoPro. Um, but speaking of videos, producer Wendy was over the other night and, uh, I was doing some smoked pork ribs out on the, uh, the old Weber and I've been joking, you know, as some of you may or may not know, uh, I live in a trailer. Uh, my former podcast partner, James used to say, I live in a van down by the river, but it's really a trailer by a pond. Um, and, you know, up here in the woods in the middle of nowhere. And I've been joking for months about doing a YouTube channel called Caravan Cuisine <laughs> because I really like to cook, but it's hard as hell to do much when you've got such a tiny little kitchen with, you know, a, a stove and oven that's probably at least my age. Um, so most of what I really like to cook I do out on the grill combination of grilling barbecuing and smoking and it's a lot of fun and it's tasty and it's fun but <laughs> so we'd had a couple of adult beverages the other night and I was like you know let's do caravan cuisine and so I just kept handing her my phone and she <laughs> god bless her she you know or bless her heart that's what I should say bless her heart she was a trooper and kept trying and <laughs> Um, and she was having a lot of fun with it, but it was really funny because out in the, the yard in front of my trailer, we just had a bunch of, you know, tree guys came in and cut down a bunch of trees and a bunch of the rounds, the big hunks of the tree that they cut apart as they're bringing it down are still just scattered around. Uh, and I just sort of plop my grill down in the middle of them. So, Wendy's trying to videotape and she's trying to climb around on all of these, all of these, you know, chunks of tree that are just scattered everywhere. And it's dark and the only light is shining directly on me, which makes her night vision even worse. And so there's a couple times where she fell down and it was hilarious, but uh, in her defense, it wasn't like she was walking around on flat ground. She was basically on a jungle gym the whole time. <laughs> so um, some of the stuff got posted on our Facebook page. Uh, some of the stuff that, that we actually taped didn't get posted. And what I'm considering doing is editing it all into one uh, bit and putting it on my Life of Riley YouTube page, uh, which... That was called The Life of Riley well before I had this podcast. Um, there's a few videos on it with my old really crappy webcam uh, that are still kind of funny. In particular, my uh, my driving etiquette rules of the road one, 
uh, I like. And, uh, and I did one about this just absolute bitch at a ticket counter at LAX uh, a couple of years ago. And I haven't posted anything on there in a long time. But I'm seriously considering, uh, I don't know if any of you have seen the uh, Caravan Cuisine uh, <laughs> videos that we posted on Facebook the other day. We had one of those things happen, you know, you post it from the mobile app and it doesn't post right away and then it duplicate posts. And so I'm not sure which ones are up there and which ones aren't, but it was a lot of goddamn fun. And when I think about it now, I still, it still makes me chuckle. So, um, Stay tuned for that if I do end up posting an edited version on YouTube, which will probably be a little bit easier to watch than just a bunch of, you know, clips. Uh, I'll, I'll post it and I'll tweet about it. Um, also, if anybody has any advice on Instagram, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd love to hear it because I just don't fucking get it. Um, I've already got Facebook and Twitter and Anytime I try and post a video, it's it's too long or it's, you know, and it's like, fuck, I don't want to, yeah, and it just gets frustrating. And so if you go to my Instagram, I don't think I've posted a goddamn thing, even though for some reason I have a bunch of followers and I'm following a bunch of people. Um, so text me or hit me up at lifeofreillypod at gmail.com if you have any advice on uh, getting my feet wet in Instagram. I guess that's about it for this ep. A um, little bit of business before I sign off. Uh, this is some stuff that I haven't reminded you all about in a while because uh, some of the episodes recently have been so long and I know that people get tired of some of the business stuff, but it all is really important. First and foremost, thank you so much for listening. Uh, it really, really does matter. I love seeing the download count go up. Um on the website and per episode, especially when a new episode go, comes out. And then I look back down into the, into the earlier catalog and see that apparently some people who have just found us are going back and listening to some of the older stuff. That's really, really cool to see. Um, the first thing I ask of you is the easiest thing is if you're enjoying this podcast and you think some of your friends or family or coworkers or whatever might also enjoy it, please let them know about it. Please tell them how to find us. Um, the next biggest thing is to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, uh, write a review, even if it's just like, you know, Hey, love this show, five stars, whatever. Um, and if you don't have time to write even a few words, just click five stars that's the kind of thing that gets podcasts moved up in the search results and gets uh, more eyeballs and, and after that, eardrums on us. Um, so if you could do that, that would be hugely, hugely appreciated. You can also follow the show on our website. And if you don't have iTunes or another uh, mobile uh, device to be able to listen to us. For example, if you have an Android phone or something like that, uh, if you would like to see us on a different platform, let me know and I'll see about making that happen. Um, but in the meantime, there is, if you go to our website, lifeofriley.podbean.com, 
Podbean offers two uh, two apps, one for the iPhone and one for the Android. So, uh, you know, if you have somebody that you've told about the show and they're like, oh, I don't have an iPhone, well, they can get the iPod app and and download us that way so they have us on their mobile device. Um, and you can also always listen via the website as well. Um, but if anybody has any requests on getting getting the show on other platforms, just let me know and I'll find a way to make it happen, okay? Um, next thing on the website, if you do any shopping on Amazon, we have an Amazon button on the right side of the page. It's usually next to the most recent uh, episode. Maybe you might have to scroll down a click or two. But if you click on that, it takes you straight to the Amazon website where you can do your shopping and nothing costs you any more than if you go directly to Amazon. We just get a tiny percentage of whatever you spent from Amazon in thanks for driving traffic to their site. So the ultimate thing that you could do, which we would greatly appreciate, is bookmark lifeofriley.podbean.com when you're planning on shopping, hit that bookmark, then hit the Amazon button, and then just shop away. That's how we get a little bit of notice from Amazon. And any revenue that we get via the Amazon banner goes directly back to the show. Uh, Hoping to invest in some new equipment soon, a mixer, better microphone, multiple microphones so that I can do live interviews, have live guests. That would be a lot of fun. Um, our Twitter is Life of Riley Pod, I believe. Is that right? Hang on a second. Yeah, at Life of Riley Pod on Twitter. And my personal Twitter is at underscore Kevin Riley. Producer Wendy's personal Twitter is at Ms. Clover 89, M S C L O V E R 89, the number 89. Um, and our email is lifeofreillypod at gmail.com. If you have ideas for topics you'd like me to talk about, guests you'd like to hear on the show, if you'd like to possibly come on the show at some point yourself, contact us. You know, there's also, you know, you can also make comments on the website uh, below every episode. There's a comment thread. So many, many ways to contact us uh, in any way that you may so desire. All right, folks, that'll do it for me for now. Thanks again for listening. We love you. Bye bye.